All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Sports Injury Central Pro Football Doc podcast. First one of 2024. I guess uh, at some point we can stop saying that. It's been a couple days. What's the rule there? And we didn't say Happy New Year. We're just saying first podcast for 2024. Jacob is uh, with me here. Welcome. How are the holidays? Good. Yeah, going to be a lot of firsts uh, this week. First uh, start for Blaine Gabbert for the Chiefs. First start for Carson Wentz of the Rams. A lot of, it's the week of the backups, but that's to be expected week 18. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get to the record of 66 different starting quarterbacks, are we? We're getting close. I don't think so. I, don't, I think we're no. going to be in the 63, 64 range. So almost. Just but. shy of the record. Was that a COVID year, the 66? I believe it was last year. So maybe a little bit COVID related, okay. but not, not fully. So interesting. So even though we think and the general public thinks there have been a ton of quarterback injuries this year and, quote, more than most, once again, we're a little bit prisoners of the moment of as to who, right? I always say if your star player gets an injury, it's a bad injury week. If eight other people that aren't the name brand stars get injured, fans think it wasn't a bad week, right? It's just different. Uh, This quarterback thing is probably driven in large part four plays into the season, Aaron Rodgers. And then our intention was on it, on it, on it, on it. Um, You know, obviously Kirk Cousins, there's been a, a, a number, right? And a lot of attention and different quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson then. So there's been some stars, but if you really look at it, Tua has defied odds. Yeah. Everyone, remember last year at this point, he should retire. He shouldn't play football again. And even we chimed in saying a third concussion could mean more than a week, like a month out. And thankfully, knock on wood, no concussions. I don't know that any of it has to do with the jujitsu training and not rolling out. I don't remember any examples of that. Maybe there's examples of getting the ball out and being a little more careful, which is good. But I don't remember any examples of, oh, that was similar to where he would have hit the back of his head on the turf and he rolled away because of jujitsu training. Maybe someone who sees this will send me some. I, I don't know. And quite honestly, Matthew Stafford had quite the year. We were worried about his neck and some spinal cord issues and different things. and. Would he last? And the Rams have outperformed, and they're in the playoffs. So there is even some upside there too with the uh, with what's going on with uh, with quarterbacks. Yeah, we jumped into the big uh, Sunday night game. Tua has picked up a number of injuries, but I don't think we think he's uh, going to be affected too much by either of them. That left shoulder last game, left thumb. Uh, we found the clip on Hard Knocks actually that he. Continued throwing motion, hit his thumb on the helmet. He was talking about swelling and stuff, but played in the next game. So obviously wasn't a... Yeah, that happens more than you think as you follow through and you hit your finger, hand, thumb, jam it. But as long as you're not getting the dreaded thumb ulnar collateral ligament, not elbow ulnar collateral ligament, um, you're going to be okay there and not as bad. It's not a Justin Fields where he dislocated his thumb. But let's talk about shutdown season. So, you know, it's college bowl games. We've got one final game left. Look at Florida State. They had, what, like eight stars shut it down? Yeah. Um, and it's team dependent. The Florida State guys are like, we don't aren't playing for the national championship. And, you know, so right. And, you know, uh, locally here, the Holiday Bowl, Caleb Williams shut it down. And Mitch Moss, Mitch Moss, yeah, whatever I, the quarterback yeah. is. Yeah at a career day. It's shutdown season in college and for bowl games, and it's their right to do it, especially if they're trying to focus on being healthy. But it's shutdown season in the NFL, and let's keep that in mind as we talk about some of these injuries going forward. So it absolutely makes a difference who's playing for what. Now the question is playing for playoff spots. And I'm going to say something from my NFL experience that can theme a little bit controversial. It's not just the team that's 
out of the playoffs that is mailing it in. That's not always the case. It's not just the team that's still alive for the playoffs that's playing like a bat out of hell to try and get in. It's not that simple. It's about individual team culture and what the leaders are saying, et cetera. I can tell you from my example, uh, I forget the year, but the San Diego Chargers were four and eight with four games to go in a 16-game season. <laughs> the Denver Broncos were eight and four with four games to go in the season. Now, there was the slight advantage of knowing that in week 16, I guess it was 17 because of the bye, the Chargers hosted the Broncos. So it really was just make a win three in a row, but they had to lose three in a row. The chances are very slim, but I can tell you that team played very hard. And I've mentioned here on this podcast previously, this is pre-internet era where everyone was streaming games on phones and tablets on airplanes. You were literally using the um, plastic cords <laughs> and there was no plugins of the plastic cords and and you could get maybe sunday night football on nbc on the little tv screen on the back of the chairs that don't even exist anymore and and even then it was iffy and some people were trying to use their phones you know off quote illegally and get here a little bit and the tv was coming in and out but let me tell you when the Broncos lost that week 16 game to go seven and eight, it was the loudest cheer I've ever heard within the team. I mean, and it was on the airplane. And we knew we were going to win that week 17, the 16th game of the season, and make it to the playoffs. That team still played hard at four and eight. Now, technically, they were still in it. Right. The question I have is, and this is not to impugn our friend Kevin O'Connell, San Diego State Aztec. <laughs> I think we both know Kevin a little bit. I, I've met him a few times. Nice, nice guy. But does that team have that team has a three percent chance to make it to the playoffs? Right. Do they really believe? It's gotta be hard. The question, question is do they really believe they can beat the, the Lions? Do they really believe if they do that it will matter? Yeah, the times the game times are slated where they're all playing at the same time, the games that matter to the Vikings. So it's not like kickoff time, oh, we're already eliminated. And that's something the NFL does very well, right? And But in their heart of hearts, my question is, do they believe? Do they believe Nick Mullins, Josh Dobbs, Jaron Hall, whoever <laughs> it is, do they believe that if the 3% happens, that they're even going anywhere? I mean is it really that, that a, playoff game. okay there's a little bit of bonus money involved right if you make the playoffs but do you really believe that you're going somewhere that's the question do they really believe that this is their year and there's excitement i might argue it seems like the bears who have turned it around who believe have no chance at the playoffs have been eliminated but seem to believe in themselves right now versus the Packers, who, give them credit, beat the Vikings handily and are alive, need to win to get in. That's a rivalry game, Chicago-Green Bay in Green Bay. I would say the Bears are motivated. Same with the Packers are motivated. Who's motivated more, we'll see. But I think both are. And motivation can come in different ways. I mean, is there motivation in Bill Belichick's potentially last game for the Patriots? I don't know. I'm not inside that locker room. I could see a ton of motivation for that. And I could see potentially, well, this coach isn't going to be here anymore, so why do I need to play hard for him, right? I mean, uh, we talked about last week uh, Denver's motivation after benching Russell Wilson. They covered and beat the Chargers. But the Chargers know that that head coach isn't going to be their head coach next year, where everyone on the Broncos knows that Sean Payton will be their head coach for right. next year. So 
did that give them motivation to play hard? Maybe, right? Especially in the face of uh, so motivation is is interesting. It, it happens at all levels, and motivation can only carry you so far. I get that, um, but I don't think it's as simple as fans make it out to be. The oh, they still alive, so they're more. It's not exactly. This is a tricky week. This is yeah. a tricky week for that reason. And uh, let's move on to shutdown season specifically. If you take your 49ers, they've got seven or eight people on the injury report, whatever it is, with issues. Look, you have 53 active guys on the team and 46 suit up. You can only have seven that sit. Now, okay, a couple practice squad call-ups makes it a little better. But can you really sit everyone? I get it. The 49ers have a bye. Well, it's kind of a bye this week, but they play. <laughs> then they have a bye, a real bye, and then the playoff game. So three weeks before they play real football. A, can you really sit out three weeks from not playing football? So the answer, of course, is no. So the question is, how do you do it between practices and games? And practices are important, too. And that's what Kyle Shanahan was speaking to. we got to work out what we're going to do. It's not... Just you can't just sit and do nothing for three weeks, right. but you can't get injuries either. Look, it's clear that Christian McCaffrey's going to sit as he should. Mm-hmm. Calf strain, mild, that's fine, but they can linger. You're silly not to take week 18, the bye week, and then go into the playoff game healthy, right? So that's obvious and easy. They've already announced Sam Darnold as the starter. So that's two. Now, the question is Brock Purdy. Not starting and completely sitting or not starting and doing the Russell Wilson backup role as part of the 46 as an emergency quarterback, what have you. Don't know yet, but it said Stan Darnold is starting. You'd have to think Trent Williams, congratulations, 11th Pro Bowl, which essentially, not that he wasn't already, puts him as a lock for the Hall of Fame because every other 11-time Pro Bowler is in the Hall of Fame at left tackle. You got to think with his groin, he's going to rest, right? Uh, who else? Aaron Banks with the toe. Uh, uh, Javon Hargrave with the hamstring recently. Um, any number of other players. What? It's not that easy to say we're resting right now. Bear in mind, sometimes rest means you're active but you're going to pull the starters. But even then, let's just go on the offensive line, make it easy. Yeah. Not not every position has a backup. Yeah. Okay. You got 22 quote starters, but then you have specialty packages. Then you have special teamers and what have you. Not every, for example, it's typical in the NFL to dress seven or eight offensive linemen. So that means if two goes down, I mean, there's quite a shuffle that goes on, right? I mean, and if three goes down, here comes the tight end to play right tackle or left tackle. (laughs) If you dress seven. Right. If you dress eight, you get three injuries, but then it's still a lot of shuffle. And so it's a lot of roster management. So it's not like let's just play our backup offensive line. You're not suiting 10 guys at offensive line. And even then, you'd be having the starters ready to come in for injury, which you could argue is not the best thing because mentally they're not into it. They're not fully warming up. They're not expecting to play at all. It's sort of like the preseason game where maybe they've cut their tape off, but they're still dressed on the sidelines. (laughs) (laughs) They're not mentally ready to come back into the game. Um, So this rust issue is tricky, and uh, and it's not as clear-cut as people think, oh, just rest all the starters. You can't do that. It's a numbers game. All right. Um, let's get into – you got into two a little bit. We made the video earlier that we think he's fine. He left the game for a left shoulder injury. Now there's a, uh, a quad strain or something. But he fully practiced, just like we said in our video earlier from the weekend. Not going to be an issue. He left the game based on video. That left shoulder, throwing shoulder injury didn't seem significant. It was more the score. There was no point to uh, continue. So he's good. And uh, Josh Allen with his stinger, right-sided stinger, 
has some neck soreness, but he's practicing through. And we've said Josh Allen's playing through. I mean, first of all, if we always say 85% is a good week late in the season, uh, that might be 65% if you're the starting <laughs> quarterback and your team is playing for the division title here. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I see all this stuff where there's going to be more Bills fans than Dolphins fans. And, and uh, you know, the Bills are favored, right? What's yeah. the line? Now? The Bills are favored. Uh, Sick picks already took the Bills at minus two and a half because of all the uh, defensive injuries to the Dolphins. Uh, let me find the line right now. I think it was three last time I saw it. Yeah, still at three. A lot of at places. three. So it's at the so two and a half is certain. Obviously, two and a half, three and a half is huge, but two and a half to yeah. three is okay. I mean, uh, you can win that three point game. And you you pushed otherwise, but yeah, that was based on our video saying that you know. Bradley Chubb towards ACL and is done, right? And uh, Jalen Phillips is still out from the earlier Achilles. And Xavier Howard, their number one corner. Yeah. Uh, he's not playing this week. And I think the Dolphins need to go a little deeper in the playoffs for him to play. He's not playing next week either. I mean, he's a cornerback. I mean, to you got to be able to run, jump, cut. I mean, it's not a matter of playing in a box. So, Yes, the Dolphins have some defensive injuries. And, you know, they still have their offensive line issues. Tyreek Hill, unfortunately, had the fire at his house. And you all pointed out that he has a boot yeah. on his left ankle. I thought that was really interesting, Doc, because he's been playing through. You saw high ankle. I think it was week 15 that happened. And uh, he's been playing through, so everybody thinks, so oh, he's fine. But still, so as the boot walk around, is that to – to keep the inflammation out of there, just in yeah, general, to keep or? swelling down, to keep from aggravating it, and uh, during the week, and this is where you see boots. You see a lot of guys leave the locker room with a boot after a game, and if they have no swelling, I used to tell players, oh, "I don't need a boot, I'll be okay." Okay, if you walk in tomorrow without a limp with the boot in your hand, I won't be mad at you. But if you walk in with a limp, you better have the boot on. But just wear the boot home, and let's see what happens. You know, uh, kind of thing. Now, Tyreek's been a couple weeks. Um, he's gonna play. Don't worry about it. I mean, uh, uh, I think Waddle has a chance to play. Right, that's um, a key status to watch this week. Didn't practice on yeah, Thursday, but I mean, yeah, I think he has a chance to play. Um, Raheem Monster has kind of a combination injuries, knee and ankle. Uh, missed last week, but um, I think we think he's gonna go too, right? Yeah, and, and eight, they also have H hand, but yeah, I, think, I mean, this right. is an all this is a playoff game, basically, right? I mean, the Dolphins are in either way, so perhaps Buffalo has more motivation, right. but it is important they're playing at home and they're playing for a home game, you know, there is motivation yeah. on the Dolphins now. The only way that I see Mostert and Waddle not playing. If they said, look, we're just not anywhere near 100%. We're not going to be that effective compared to our backups. And in the end, I'd rather play a road game with Mostert and Waddle healthy than a home game with them still banged up a little bit and sore. That's the only way that I see them not playing. Uh, and uh, interesting, a couple of weeks ago, what was it? Dolphins playing for the number one seed <laughs> in the AFC last week yeah Baltimore yeah yeah it was last week playing for the number one seed and now they're trying to see if they have a home game at all <laughs> <laughs> that's uh interesting Bill's got to have the momentum in that one too uh talking about shutdown season maybe it's more injury management um not exactly a shutdown but it was interesting to see Trevor Lawrence not play in week 17 uh, against the Panthers, obviously Beathard got the job done. But uh, do we think he's coming back week 18? Was that maybe potential rest for a key division matchup in week 18? I do. I had interesting discussions, um, small sample size. So every Monday I do a, a serious NFL, XM NFL segment with Jim Miller, Pat Kerwin, Jim Miller, former quarterback, Bears, Steelers. And I – this is, and I said, you know, Trevor Lawrence, I think he plays with the injection in the AC joint. It's that technically not the shoulder joint. And Jim Miller agreed with me and said, yeah, he's done that before. Uh, not really practiced and played and, and what have you. And on Friday, my Rich Gannon 
segment and Bruce Murray, I asked Rich the same question. And he says, I don't think he plays. He goes, okay, Rich didn't never have the AC joint injury on the throwing shoulder. Gotcha. Never had the opportunity to do it. But his worry was, it still is the throwing shoulder. And he doesn't think that he plays. Now, I think that's uh, a little bit like Jim Miller's older than Rich Gant. <laughs> the older <laughs> school you are, you know. And and look, I get it. We talked about now it's not routine. Uh, Baker Mayfield and his ribs. Right. It's not necessarily a routine or a given since Tyrod Taylor that you just get the rib shot up and play. Look around the league. It's not routine. And I'm not blaming anyone. Prior to that, it was relatively routine. In my era, it was routine. We've talked about it before. Philip Rivers has allowed me. We injected him dozens of times uh, for dozens of games with rib blocks, intercostal nerve blocks. Yeah, we knew that you have to be careful about the lung, but yeah, right. there's techniques and, and whatever. You have to be careful about any injection you give. And there's been no punctured lung throughout the league until the Tyrod Taylor one. But it is the health and safety era, and I get how a quarterback would say, ah, wait a minute, I'm going to not practice all week, and you're going to put me out there and put some medicine into my AC joint, which I think of as my moneymaker throwing shoulder, and I'm just right. going to magically be okay. I'm a little worried, whether it's the agent, the wife, <laughs> the dad, the whatever, right? Whoever's – yeah. Well, I, I can see it. Now, I think in those instances, what we typically did on a quarterback – if they weren't sure is okay, we're not going to inject you Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Sunday to play. But if you really need confidence that you can do it, we'll inject you one day during the week so you can get in some practice and see what it might feel like. And certainly you're not going to do it. And Rich brought up the point that you're not going to go to the locker room and do it, be active. And then, well, let's see how it feels. Yeah, I agree with that. You certainly would do it ahead of 90 minutes to make sure the quarterback felt good right. and was confident and then declared your active roster for the game. But it didn't matter. Trevor Lawrence, Rich Gannon was right. Trevor Lawrence didn't play. But with that <laughs> being said, that AC joint isn't cured or solved. But I do believe Trevor Lawrence plays this week. Look, I thought he could play last week, right? So, yeah. you know, uh, I do think he plays. This is, a, uh, this is essentially a playoff game. Once again, they're like the Dolphins win and they're the division champions lose and they still could get in but then be on the road right so there's motivation yeah. but it's not a uh, all chips in the table type situation this isn't uh houston and the colts right yeah lose and you're out win and you're either division champ or the wild card win and you're in the colts and the texans that's a chip all in situation there Hey there, listeners of the Sports Injury Central podcast. Ever felt the wear and tear of intense training? We get it. Recovery is crucial. That's why we're introducing you to Mushroom Life. Unlock the natural power of functional mushrooms with their range of tinctures, soft gels, and more, all designed to support your well-being and elevate your performance. And for those days when you just want to kick back and relax, check out their euphoric mushroom gummies, the perfect blend for that post-game relaxation. Very nice of them to send us a sample pack. I can't wait to dig in on my next off day. Now, here's a treat for all our loyal listeners. Use the code SIC and snag an incredible 50% off across the board. Dive into the world of mushrooms and elevate your wellness journey. And always remember, shroom responsibly. Head over to Mushroom Life now and discover the magic of mushrooms. Click link in the bio in the show notes, mushroomlife.com. That's mushroomlyfe.com. I want to talk about one that didn't have playoff implications last week, but uh, it was an interesting decision that the guy decided to push through and the team allowed it. Will Levis uh, left the last game with the right foot injury, did have the left high ankle sprain before. I think we kind of thought, or you, we talked uh, on the podcast previously, why push it if he's going to be less mobile and maybe hurt himself for the off-season program? Hopefully not that bad based on video, but wasn't interesting to see, see him play week 17. Well... I don't know Will Levis, but I think that's kind of his nature. He's an intense guy. He wants to go. He wants to get yeah. it. He's a young guy. He, you know, he thinks he's invincible, which is, you know, what young players think. And <laughs> I don't see it happening again. It's the what? What's the saying? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool shame me twice, you. shame yeah. on me. I mean, the yeah. 
Okay, so he left, he had a left high ankle. Now, did that directly translate into his right foot? I don't know, but it could have indirectly. And then, as we said, he didn't have a good leg to stand on. So he's, okay, definitely you don't want him to play. Now, are you going to really do that again this week for a meaningless Week 18 game? Now, it's meaningful for the Jaguars. Mike Rabel says he wants to stay there. But I would argue if Rabel wants to stay there, it's almost more important for him to have Will Levis for the entire offseason program as opposed to get into a Luke injury. Look, that's why Russell Wilson was benched, right? The injury guarantee. Now, his situation is different. He has to be healthy in March. Otherwise, the guarantee kicks in. But don't the Titans want Levis Levis healthy for the offseason program that starts in March? Don't they want him healthy for that? I mean, just the – work with the guys and continue to, to develop and so forth. So um, I think that's, and, and you got to remember he's a rookie, so he really hasn't had an off season program. Uh, the college guys cannot join the NFL team until their class graduates, matriculates. Even if you're not getting your degree, you can't just drop out of school and join the NFL in March. And this is where some of the schools in the South have a little advantage. Some of them end in early May, right? Oh, Depending wow. on the system. And some of the California schools don't end until <laughs> late June if you're a right. quarter system with two quarters after Christmas, right? Late start. But that's how they judge it. You can't join your team until after that. So this is an important offseason for a young player like Will Levis. So that's why I don't think he plays. Uh, Browns had some positive news on the injury front. Uh, they're going to have their fifth starting quarterback of the season, but that's uh, besides the point. Uh, Elijah Moore was practicing Wednesday after his uh, kind of scary concussion on the field. There's some out there saying, oh, maybe he should hang it up because of the severity of the concussion, but good to see him back a few days after. Yeah, I mean, all right, I won't bite my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> um, concussions slash CTE are a big deal and near and dear to my heart from the fact that, and they're not all football players, but I've had five friends who have died um, slash potential suicide the CTE. So it's a big deal, huge deal. And I'm not going to say the guy's name for my own personal reasons. Um, and it's not important. But the guy who had the movie, whatever, uh, saying he should never play football again. Look, in some ways, I could not agree with him more. Let me give you what I tell people. Football, I've had this discussion with my wife. My son's only 11. We don't need to make a decision. I think she's almost okay with him playing football now. When he was five, the answer was no. Each family and each person needs to make that decision for themselves. Football is not a contact sport. Football is a collision sport. I, as a doctor for my own son, yeah, their concussion worries, sure. I'm not poo-pooing it, but I'm almost more worried that he's going to tear up his knee, right? I mean, that's statistically, you know, what is that? You know, there's lots of other injuries. It is a collision sport, not a contact sport. There's zero question in my mind, in anyone's mind, that riding a motorcycle is more dangerous than driving in a car. But riding a motorcycle isn't illegal whether on the streets or a dirt bike. Same with football. It's more dangerous than baseball or tennis or basketball. A hundred percent. And if you want to be as safe as possible, you should not play football. Period. End of discussion. Sure, you can get hurt playing other sports too. But if you want to keep your kid or your son or Elijah Moore wants to be as safe as possible, He should quit playing football. He should have quit playing football before his concussion. That's the way that I look at it. 
Now, with that being said, he's got a concussion. Yeah, they sent him to the hospital to observe him. He's progressing through the protocol. I'm not saying he's going to play this week in week 18, right? Because right? it is a meaningless game for the Browns. And remember all the calls for Tua Tagovailoa should hang him up because he's had, quote, multiple concussions. Elijah Moore has had one. I don't think any doctor, including myself, I think you can make observations. I think you can lay out the landscape, which is what I try and do. It's not your job to tell another player, to tell a patient that is not yours, that you have not examined what to do. If Elijah Moore was my patient, and he's not, even then, I would not be telling the patient what to do. I'd be saying, here are the risks, here are the rewards, here's what could happen, here's what you're, it could be without, and let you decide. I've told this variation of a story, and it's not the same thing. I've had dozens of times a discussion about stopping playing football related to, let's say, knee injuries. Players, not uncommonly, I would be treating them as their doctor, and they'd say, Doc, what's the best thing to do for my knee? Um, lose 100 pounds and stop playing football? And i like, come on, Doc, <laughs> you know what I mean. No, 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 no. Well, here's how you mitigate your risk, but here is your risk if you continue to play football, et cetera. What do you want to do? for you and your family. It's a decision that's individual. So uh, look, there were a lot of times where I could see uh, guys heading down the path of not the best result related to their knee or other body part, short of paralysis, which you cannot take a risk on. There I would certainly draw the line. And if you knew the next concussion would give someone CTE or change their life, you can't put them back out onto the field, no question. But if it's a relative risk issue of, you know, the next hit, you might need neck surgery, but you won't be paralyzed. Not great, but it is a decision that you make, right? And, uh, you know, the surest way not to get in a car accident is to never get in a car. Right. I mean, he, he, these are car crashes happening on the NFL field. So I, I guess I don't object if someone says, you know, Elijah Moore should serious talk about his options and make an informed decision for him, his family, and his life. And that may indeed can be quitting playing football after even one concussion. I would co-sign on that in one second. But to say from afar, based on video, to say he should never play football again, you're impugning your beliefs. Now, look, CT is real. So I'm not saying that it's not. And the complex topic, I guess my thing is, you don't hear me telling people what they should and shouldn't do. This is likely, this is not so good. This player may not play so well with his back. These are the relative risks. Right. This is where we grade them. These are where their options are. I'm not telling a player or a patient that's not mine that I haven't examined what to do. Like we'll say all the time, like Bradley Chubb by video appears to have an ACL. He's likely to have surgery and it's going to be a tough turnaround for the start of next season. We're not telling them what kind of surgery to have, where to have it, and when to return. I mean, <laughs> yeah. or if he should return, we're just giving you the analysis. So that's, I guess, my objection to this. I guess some could call it potential grandstanding, you know, right. with crusade and the cause. But it's not a bad crusade to talk about CTE. Yeah, I don't like the style of it there. So sorry for going off the rails there. Now an important topic. So. I, I like that you give all the options instead of 
seems like uh, Twitter X is all about just making a quick statement that's uh, inflammatory, but we try not to do that. We try to. Yeah, and, and you guys pointed it out to me, and uh, you guys know how I feel about it, but I left it alone on Twitter because you can't get into that type of discussion. Yeah. And I think this type of discussion here, I think, gives it the right context, maybe. And um, look, if people want to look at this, I would be proud to stand by this and talk to anyone, quote, debate or discuss my <laughs> opinion versus another doctor's opinion or anyone else's. And look, I know what some people are going to say. You're a freaking orthopedist. You don't deal with head injuries. My counter to that would be, you're right. I was not the guy ever responsible at the Chargers for examining head injuries, but I was in charge of the people who were. And I went to all of the concussion conferences and mandatory meetings that the NFL had. I know about concussions. I know about the risk benefits. I'm like in-house legal counsel for a company. I'm not the litigator for the case, but I understand what happens in the litigation for the case. So yes, I've never treated concussions, um, but understand the process. And on the other hand, the guy who made the comment has never treated a concussion ever in his life either. It's not a knock. Yeah. He's a pathologist. He's a forensic pathologist. He examined dead people. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, that's not a knock on him. Yeah, that's I'm just, just his lane and view on it, his perspective, right? Uh, neither one of us has ever officially treated an NFL concussion. But at least I was in the process and the chain and understand the treatments and what consultants have said and the process and been on that side of the equation um, as opposed to the morgue side of the equation. So I get it. His perspective is different, but just to clear that up. I uh, got a couple NFC East uh, injuries that could be affecting the playoffs going forward. Eagles are in an interesting spot. Uh, Cowboys win and they get the division after the Eagles had a, a pretty healthy lead there. Uh, Devontae Smith injured while, uh, Blocking on a screenplay at third and 20 seemed like uh, some A.J. Brown frustration semi-related to that, although he said he was just mad that his wide receiver partner got hurt on the third and 20, not exactly the play call and stuff. So I uh, think it's going to be tough for him this week, correct, Doc? Yeah, it's going to be tough for him this week. And, you know, I mean, George Pickens had a hell of a game. He got a lot of grief for not <laughs> blocking and saying he wasn't going to block. But – George Pickens is a lot bigger than Devonta Smith, so uh, I'll give him early consideration for Beast of the Week that he's doing his job. He's not the biggest guy in the world. Everyone knows he's got skinny legs, and he's trying to hold down the block. And you, as we always say, when you dominate a block, you move your feet, and you're less likely to get hurt when you're hanging on to your life, which Devonta Smith, doing his job, was doing, right. and you get rolled up on. That's where there are more injuries happen. Um, yeah, it's the game of football. It's the collision sport. And uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, but, you know, on every given play, yes, wide receivers are said to block. For the, You've heard this from me before. You realize that, in theory, every running play in the NFL is designed to go for a touchdown. Did you know that? <laughs> I think no, I'm hundred serious. Yeah, The way they draw it up, if everyone does their job, it's supposed to be a touchdown, okay? And how do they say or do this? So you have 11 guys on offense. And this is the power of the Wildcat. The Wildcat, you have to account for the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In a, in a running game, run play, you don't. So you have 11 defensive guys, right? And you've got the running back. So you have nine guys blocking nine other guys. That leaves two guys. So what coaches will say is, and then, so the nine guys include the wide receivers who have to block somebody, right. right? They say they can scheme one guy out of the play where they really don't have a chance to make the tackle. But the running back has to beat the other guy. 
And if the running back beats that other guy, it's a touchdown. Believe it or not, that's kind of how they play. Yeah. <laughs> In their mindset, if everyone does their blocking job, so a wide receiver is never excused from blocking. That's my point. The way well, I guess I would. I guess I wouldn't love an offensive coordinator that's trying to run a play to get three yards on first down. I guess you want to call it for that you think it's going to go to the end zone every time. That's the way they draw it up to go to the end zone every time. Now, in the end, right? I mean, five yards of carry you'll take, right? Yeah. (laughs) But it's (laughs) schemed. Every play is schemed for a touchdown. Just a small percentage that actually had the poetry in motion where everyone gets blocked and the running back beats. Well, yeah. I mean, (laughs) everything happens. All nine guys block all nine guys that they're supposed to. One guy gets schemed out, the running back beats the one. I mean, that's that's how it's schemed. Now, uh, in theory, the power of the Wildcat is that you you don't need to beat the one because if you scheme the one out of the way, there's your numbers advantage on the run play. Easier said uh, than done. Devontae Smith, the uh, Eagles went from potentially having the, the first round by uh, losing that chance of the number one seed with the loss of the Cardinals next week. Do you think uh, Devontae Smith is a little closer to 100% next week in the first round of the playoffs? Yeah, I think he's going to try and go there. We don't know the severity of it. But, I mean, boy, that was the – I guess you can't say Jonathan Gannon revenge game. He wasn't fired. <laughs> uh, you know, you can be sure I mean, he had it scheduled. He had it circled on his calendar. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there was a lot of animosity there. Yeah, know? I mean, uh, certainly you're playing against people you know and right. and people who obviously miss you, right? I mean, they've had some yeah. DC issues. Um, anyways. Uh, Tyler Smith, Cowboys left guard. We did an article earlier this week uh, talking about the plantar fascia and why full tear is better, but just for the podcast. Yeah, we won't get into much here. You can go to yeah. SICscore.com, look at the article. But uh, full tear is worse in when it first happens, and it's more painful, but it gives you an endpoint. So in some ways – that's what media was alluding to, that it's better to tear it all the way. It depends on your perspective. Is it better for you this week to tear it all the way? No. Is it better <laughs> for you a month from now to tear it all the way? Yes. I mean, so uh, yeah. he's not playing this week. Uh, and then uh, we'll see about going forward. Uh, Christian Kirk, interesting one, had his practice window opened. He had the core muscle surgery in early December. He said he was always targeting this week to see if he could uh, – could get up and go, but saw some practice video on Wednesday. It looked like he was going pretty hard at it. We'll see. He'd defy the odds if he played this week and had a full complement of routes and targets and yards and catches. Um, Lower extremity injury, its core muscle hasn't really been able to work out. Risk of other injuries. Um, If he plays, I don't see him as Christian Kirk. I lean towards him not playing uh it's tough task this week potentially being ready for that first playoff game yeah uh beast of the week got to nominate uh, i think same one as last week dj moore we gave him credit for gutting through the uh high ankles (laughs) we saw wasn't even on the injury report had 150 something plus yards and now he's back on the injury report with the ankle (laughs) <laughs> so was the ankle not as bad and we shouldn't have given the beast loop? No, just kidding. <laughs> obviously, uh, you know, talent rises to the top. That's all I'm saying. And a uh, high ankle sprain, no matter how mild, on the number four receiver on a team affects him a lot more than DJ Moore. Right. The other one I'd say is the high ankle or uh, look, no offense, I don't even think it's high ankle. The ankle injury on Jalen Waddle affects him more than the ankle injury on Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is just a special. Jalen yeah. Waddle's very good, but Tyreek Hill's a different breed. He's a cheetah. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, you get what I'm saying, right? And yeah. DJ Moore is a much bigger receiver. In other words, it's about the type of routes they run and how they can get open. And, Jalen Waddle's more about speed and cutting him, et cetera, right? I mean, and this is also what makes it harder for Devonta Smith. He's not A.J. Brown, 
you get what I mean there. Right. And, and it's not a negative. I'm just saying this is where I always uh, bristle isn't the right word, but when people say, oh, it's a high ankle, it's three to four weeks or it's, right. it's not based cut. on data. Not all high ankles you. are the same. Depends on the type of player, the position they play and what happens. Uh, just like analytics, uh, fourth and one, go for it. Uh, it depends, right? I mean, it depends on the situation, how much time is left. Look, if I'm up by uh, uh, six points, I'm not going for it on fourth and one when I'm in easy field goal range, no matter what you tell me, if it's late in the game. I'm making that a two-score game. You know, I mean, right? I mean, whereas a lot of times, so it's 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 not just the injury, it's not just the down and distance. You got to look at the whole picture of of what's happening. And uh, you know, look, you go for it, Detroit. You go for it on uh, the two point conversion. Look, they thought they thought they had a good play and the Taylor Decker thing and whatever. Yeah. Do you really go for it from the seven? Now, this is actually not a criticism. Um, in live time, I, on my honor, as I'm watching the game with some friends and, you know, uh, I'm like, they're just trying to draw them off sides. <laughs> right? And sure enough, they do draw the uh, left defensive end offside. And the second two-point conversion was a free play. Yeah. Would they have snapped the ball? I'm not sure they would have. I think they were trying to drop them off sides. They got it. They got a free play. And now, unfortunately, with half the distance, it was three and a half instead of from the two. They didn't get it anyways. But I don't know. I, I, I always liked Dan Campbell. I think he, the image of him being stubborn, I'm going to go for it no matter what from the seven. I'm not sure. I think he's smart enough to know <laughs> and yeah. tell his team what to do. Uh, but anyways... Uh, I, 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 I'm not a referee, but boy, I said it on Twitter and some people said, you can't do that. I'd love to hear from Dean Blandino or someone. I mean, look, once a play is reviewed and all scoring plays are reviewed, two point, all plays within two minutes are reviewed upstairs. Couldn't Dan Campbell to review it? My guy went and reported. Now, what they, would they have done about it? I don't know, because here's the problem. Look, whenever there's a scoring play and you can review, you can then count where there are 12 men on the field. Right. <laughs> you can review anything that's reviewable. Now, you can't review a holding call or non-call. That's just not in the purview. But anything that – I don't know if it's in the purview to say who reported, because it's a formation issue is what it is. Is that reviewable? Not 100% sure. And then what do you do with the fact that the referee said 70 is eligible to Dallas? That's yeah. not exactly fair, you know? <laughs> and what do you do in that situation? But I'm not saying it would have worked, the review, but I, I haven't heard a referee, former NFL re referee, talk about the implications of a review there. I, I don't know what would happen. It's a very unique circumstance. But anyways... I uh, just want to all say right. this, is a, this is a fun week to sign up for uh, sick data because all the uh, back of quarterbacks and score changes. So we might have some big, uh, big health differentials to look at compared to spread. And, 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 all that and stuff. to let people know what you all are doing is field views and six scores. For example, Brock Purdy is sitting this week. That position for the 49ers is now red because the starter is out. Now, Sam Darnold is capable, and it will be reflected in the six scores, but right. we will treat at Sports Injury Central players known to sit based on injury scheme arrest for playoffs like we have treated a suspension, like Jair Alexander last week. He's out, so his spot is red. We put in the backup score, et cetera, into the calculations because it's about who's available and who's not. And most of the times we who's available and how good they are based on injury, but this week based on rest. So, yes, you guys are really busy this week changing <laughs> a lot of things around and following the news. So it's just a very quick resource. 
And this is a dicey week in terms of, I, I get fantasies over, but dicey week with DFS, dicey week with, with gambling because and fandom because of motivations and different things. In some ways, I love it, right? It's the most unique yeah. week out there. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for watching and listening here. Um, playoffs around the corner here. One final weekend. Oh, and by the way, shout out to the NFL for what? They finally did it. There are 13 games on Sunday. Well, 14. Right. I mean, two on Saturday, 14 games on Sunday. You got the Sunday night game in the 1 slash 4 p.m. Eastern time or 10 and 1 windows. They finally got the splits right. It's <laughs> 6 at 10 a.m. Pacific and 7 at 1 slash 125 Pacific or 1 and 4, whatever you want to say. It's a right. split of 6 and 7. We have a fighting chance. <laughs> I was like worried they were going to go, you know, 11 and 3. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I can all the games in the morning. Right. 10 and 3, right? Right. Usually it's three games in the afternoon. 10 and 3. I was like, you can't even watch 10 games, you know. Uh, well, we can <laughs> in the war room with the splits and, and whatever. Yeah. But 6 and 7 and a relatively even split. Kudos to the NFL. Uh, we'll... Uh, We've got a fighting chance to watch more good football rather than have an imbalanced schedule there. So uh, look forward to Sunday. And technically, it's our final day in the war room because all the other games will be one-offs from now from now on. Yeah. And obviously, no Monday night football and no more Thursdays, but a lot of Saturday football, Saturday and Sunday football. And uh, right after the Sunday games, you'll have uh, the – postseason previews up etc so uh exciting week uh thanks for uh hosting and joining and thanks for watching and uh i guess i'm always supposed to ask for a nice five-star review at the end uh etc i would appreciate anyone doing that for us here and uh, we'll still be doing the regular podcast and then uh, we'll get into guest season after the official season is done and of course we'll touch more on other sports Lots of basketball content right now on Sports Injury yeah. Central as well. All right. Thanks for watching and listening.